The following conversation, subject matter, and overall podcast series features individuals who could be considered by many to be too outspoken, too vulnerable, too taboo, too loud, and or too obsessed. Welcome to This Is Too Much with Andrea Londo. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I wanted to first address that I took a week off. <laughs> it wasn't because I took some kind of vacation. I did go out of town, but I also moved and it was just way too crazy of a time for me to also upload a podcast, but I am trying very hard to do weekly uploads. So that should be the schedule moving forward, hopefully for a while. Um, if you're here and listening despite the break, thank you very much. I appreciate you. And I can't wait for you to listen to this one. I have one of my favorite YouTubers on this episode, and her name is Christina Mejas. I actually mentioned her and butchered her name on the first podcast I ever did talking about um, this concept of fantasy selves. And we get a little bit more into that in this episode as well, but we're also talking about minimalism or being a minimalist Ish, as Christina calls it, because she has her own take on minimalism, which I find really helpful and really fascinating and really approachable. We're also talking about money in general, all the ways that we self-sabotage, all the ways that we keep ourselves small, that we keep ourselves in debt. And probably my favorite topic is that we talk a lot about being a shopaholic and what that means. And this is the subject that I googled and how I found Christina's videos because I think it's something that almost all of us grapple with. I mean, we can all buy things and have it that same day, a couple hours later, delivered at our house. And it's just changed the game of what it means to have a shopping addiction and why it's so difficult to take control of your finances and your life. And Christina's way of talking about confronting being a shopaholic is really is really just in so inspiring because she's super honest and super candid and super authentic in a way that you don't really come across often on the internet. And this is truly why I'm low-key a little obsessed with her and I'm a huge fan because we talk a lot about that in this episode and what that looks like for her and what that's looked like for me and what it's probably looked like for you listening and I truly think that that's where the magic of this conversation is and why I'm so excited to share it. So I think that's it, guys. I think that's all I'm going to say about it. I hope you enjoy it, you love it, and you go check Christina out right after because she's going to help you so much if this is something that you're struggling with. Okay, on to the episode. Hello, everyone. I am super excited today um, because my guest is Christina McCoss. Hi, Christina. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm so excited. <laughs> did I did I say your last name right? It I did. Oh, it's okay. It's uh it's Mihas. It's how Mihas. you say it. Yeah. Mihas. Yeah. Like an A. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. I keep saying it like an A. That's I okay. Think I, so I'm really excited to have you. I think I actually mentioned you in my first podcast, like briefly. I oh. said something about like the fantasy self or something like that. And then I was like, Yeah, it's this YouTuber that I follow and um, I've been watching you for a while and thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. And I feel like whoever's listening is going to get so much value out of this. So to, um, to make it more simple, uh, what 
do you do? Like, what is it that you post about and how'd you get here? Uh, yeah, so um, I'm primarily on YouTube and um, I actually started off as like a haul channel, like doing Zara hauls and H&M hauls and all these like shopping things. And um, all the while I was like in debt in that time and really stressing about money and all these things. And um, one day I was just kind of like, this is like such a lie um, and like very, it just didn't feel authentic. And I was like chasing this like image of looking a certain way for how I wanted people to perceive me. But all the while I was like in debt and stressed about money and all this stuff. So I switched that. Um, so like I kind of took a turn in my content to more like intentional living, intentional spending and like getting the most out of what you already have. Um, and just changing your relationship with your stuff, your shopping and your money. So that's mostly what I talk about. It's, it's truly amazing. I think I found you, uh, because I searched, I think I searched like how to stop shopping or something like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and your video came up and it's, it's an amazing video. Like, I think I was really struck by how candid you were about like your own, um, struggles with like being a shopaholic like I know it's yeah it's a it's a shopaholic is an interesting word right because it's like what does that mean like um are you just buying coffees every day or are you um excessively ordering clothes online and I actually think that more women than not can relate to being a shopaholic and like um can you talk a little bit more about that like what that meant for you and when you were like okay this is a problem <laughs> this is too much i yeah. have to change this for sure um so i found like i've always like loved clothes loved fashion um i thought it was super fun and shopping for me um which it is for many people was like a hobby so i would you know anytime i had downtime i would like go to the mall or go walking um somewhere in toronto like along the you know, open air malls and things like that. And um, I just started noticing like, well, I would say, so I got out of school and I work as a pharmacist full time still um, on top of doing this. And um, I just like, didn't know what to do with my time because I didn't have to like study or do anything like that. So I would lean into shopping and I just started noticing that I was like doing this constantly. And I moved from like a smaller town to Toronto, which is like one of the bigger, like, you know, metropolitan cities in Canada. Um, and that's where I started seeing like people like wearing like Chanel or, um, Aritzia, like it, there was all these like aspirational things that I started seeing that I wanted to buy to sort of fit into my new life because I was a grown up, I was an adult now. Um, so I really sort of turned to shopping to do that. And I was doing it like on a weekly basis, doing all these like hauls. Um, and, uh, but at the same time, like I mentioned, I was also in at the time, like $120,000 of student loan debt that um, I really had no plan to pay off. And um, like moving to a big city and suddenly having all these like bills for myself, uh, I was underneath all that just really like just stressed all the time. Um, but because I was stressed all the time, I would 
lean into shopping to relieve that stress. So it just became this cycle that I noticed. And one day I was just like, well, I bought a pair of um, boots that cost like more than my rent. And um, <laughs> at the time I was like, I actually said to myself, I was like, girl, you cannot afford these. Like, what are you doing? And I knew that consciously, but I decided to keep them. So I like put them away in the box and put them under my bed. And I was like, I'm going to keep these boots. Um, and that to me was like a low point that sort of hit me where it was like, okay, like you need to change. Um, and it was just like a total conscious moment of self-sabotage that I felt that I knew um, I was just in this cycle of and shopping was one of the main ways that I was doing it. So that was kind of like my moment of like, okay, this is not, it's not fun anymore. And it's not like a healthy outlet because I think shopping can be in many ways. It's fun. But for me, it, that wasn't. It was more of like a toxic cycle. Yeah. You know, I think I think what you're saying is is super relatable because there's a lot of shame that comes with with shopping. Yeah. Um and I think I think I also saw in one of your videos that, you know, when someone would ask you something or be like, "Oh, I like your top" or "I like this," you'd be like, "Oh, yeah, I I, I got this a while ago." And I feel like mm -hmm. that's something that that I I've, I've done a lot, you know what I mean? I think uh I, I relate a lot to what you're saying about like what do you do in your free time and shopping does kind of become like a hobby it's like oh I'll check this website or for a lot of people it's Amazon like I know a lot of people that like every day get an Amazon package yeah. um, <laughs> and it's and it's really difficult to really own up to it you know to really say like okay I I need to do something differently do you think like what was it for you that made shopping so hard like to to stop shopping so hard i know that you've touched on that a little bit but um i i think it was just i think shopping for me was probably like my number one form of escapism so i would like shop when i was happy to like keep that feeling going and then i would shop when i was sad because you know i was stressed or upset or whatever so it was like my relief for everything um and so the question was, when, when did I notice it was, I No, like, why, uh, <laughs> no, you're totally fine. Like, why, like, what do you think it was so hard to stop shopping? You know what I mean? Like, to, like, why did it take the boot incident? Because I, like, yeah, I don't, you know what I mean? I don't have, um, I didn't go to college because I started working. So when I, I don't have, like, student debt looming over me, you know? But mm -hmm. so I, I will tell myself, like, oh, I'm going to stop shopping. But then I don't like was it also yeah. part of that, you know? Yeah, for sure. I think like the debt really helped me. It was like the main motivator for me to be like um, because I would like complain about my debt or almost like make a joke out of it all the time. and be like, oh, haha, ha, like I'll always be in debt or like um, just make really light of it. But the fact that but the truth was that. I, it was something that I would like ruminate over every single day or anytime I did go shopping, I would sort of scold myself. I would have this like internal dialogue of like, what the hell did you just do? Like, you need to put that money on your debt. Um, and my debt for me was, it's what I blamed for everything. Like it was why I couldn't buy a house. It was why I couldn't go on vacation. It was, I, I had like all these visions of what my life would be like, um, 
you know, as soon as I started working and making my own money and stuff like that, but none of it was really happening. Um, because, and I would say because I was in debt, that had a lot to do with it, but it was also because I was spending like every disposable dollar I had on shopping. Um, so kind of what I realized was that like, yeah, girl, you have like all these goals for yourself. You want to, you envision your life a certain way, but you're not doing anything to get there. And that shopping is really getting in the way. Um, and I just started seeing like all the things I was buying as just stuff like you know, you mentioned the fantasy self, um, mm -hmm. I would shop a lot for her, but then I would never actually like live the life that I was fantasizing about. Um, so, you know, if you don't have debt, are there other goals? Like, do you keep saying that you, you know, want to travel, like you want to quit your job and travel for six months or something like that? Like, I think the key to a lot of the goals and visions that we have for our lives can be so tied so closely tied to money and for me i was just like trading those visions for stuff all the time so i knew that that was something that needed to change yeah no i love that and and you've been like really open about the fact that you had to confront your your insecurities in order to stop doing that um so yeah. can you can we talk a little bit more about that? And also for everyone that doesn't know what a fantasy self is, like, can we define that? <laughs> yeah. So um, the fantasy self is something that I just started thinking a lot about um, when I did my first um, sort of no spend, no shopping challenge um, back in like 2019. And uh, it was, it's basically just like that person that you envision yourself being um, who like lives this idyllic life that maybe you don't really live in right now but in the context of shopping you shop for that person a lot so like part of my fantasy self was to be this like cool carrie bradshaw <laughs> rock and roll chic cool girl whatever and so i would buy you know like high heels even though every day i walk to work and i stand at work um and when I had the opportunity to like wear these heels, let's say going out to an event or something, I would never actually wear them. I would always sort of lean back into what I actually was comfortable with and what my everyday life was. So the fantasy self could be like, um, maybe you have a closet full of dresses that you never wear and really you're like a jeans and a t-shirt kind of person. Um, so it's kind of like who we shop for, who we see ourselves being, but we never actually sort of make moves to lean into that person or make that fantasy a reality right like who we would like to be in an ideal world as well yeah absolutely yeah i think uh you know it's different but you know you used to do hauls and things like that so you were just like a like a content creator if you will um mm -hmm. without anything specific to what you do now and i think it's interesting because even just from my experience like as an actress even just for Instagram, I think I had like, I would purchase things for fantasy self, like um, the photo shoots, for example. Like I'd yeah. wear something once or I would, I would buy something just because I would think to myself like, well, I don't have anything new to wear. So, 
you know, how am I going to go to this event in the same photo and then in like in the same dress, I mean, and then post it. Like, I think that's also like an insecurity thing. And it's, I don't know if it's so much keeping up with the Jonas's like, you know, like you have to also keep one up being other people or like you also have to have new outfits. Although there is a culture of that on Instagram, you know what I mean? Just constant. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Everyone's trendy. Everyone's wearing the latest thing. And it's so exhausting trying to keep up. And I, you know, when I was in my mid 20s, I was that typical person. This is so embarrassing, but I was that person that would not open their their bank statement. Like I wouldn't open the credit card statement. And it wasn't because I was stupid. It was because I knew that the that my debt was huge. So I yeah, didn't, like you don't want to face that. Yeah, and I was like, you know what? I pay the minimum. Like it's fine. I'm totally fine. And I think when I was like 25 or 26, I finally looked at it, and it was like 11 grand. And I was like, oh my god, this is in clothes that I don't even I don't even know what cost me this much money. And I was fortunate enough to be able to pay it like really quickly, but at the same time, I feel like that on top of student debt or whatever it is, like snowballs so hard. And it's because we're trying so hard to present ourselves a certain way for other people, which makes no sense even saying it out loud, but it's actually very difficult to do. And I think your videos and your content right now, content, I don't know, I used a different word, (laughs) Um, right now is, it's so helpful because you're so you're so candid about that. Um, and I know that we've been touching upon it right now, but um, if there's anything else like around that that you would like to share, I think it would be super helpful. Yeah, and I'm, I mean, I totally agree. And I can't even imagine in terms of the pressure being in acting and like that kind of spotlight, like where so many more eyes are on you. So it's like, oh, someone's really going to notice that I wore the same shirt twice kind of thing. So I can imagine that pressure being like tenfold for, (laughs) Um, yeah, but it's, I think on a grand scale or on a small scale, like I think with social media um, and just like keeping up with that, like Instagrammable lifestyle, there's so much pressure to think that, well, like, maybe, you know, my colleague from work, they went to, they went to Mexico or Europe and, they seem to be able to afford it. Like what, I guess I should be able to too. Like there's this sort of subliminal kind of um, script that I think leads you to think that that's where you should be spending your money or you should be able to afford that um, or you should be doing these things in order to like live like uh, kind of like a life like you made it, you know what I mean? So I think there's just so much of that silent pressure. Um, But what I sort of realized is like, you know, maybe my colleague would go on that trip and then they would complain about their credit card bills for the next little while or something like that. So I think it's, I think it's like, it's just being aware that what you see may not always be the actual reality or like how you mentioned, like you were getting all these things for the photo shoots and things like that, but you were $11,000 in credit card debt and the credit card debt is like the way the image that we see, no one really talks about how they paid for it. Um, And that really, you know, it's making maybe it, you know, it's possible that we could be making assumptions, maybe it's paid in full, and we don't know. But the key is like, we don't know. So it's I think the main focus is like, on ourselves, what do we want? How do I want my wealth to build? How do I want to spend my money? What's important to me? I think that's the main thing to focus on. Yeah, I love that. And I think it 
it brings me to this kind of subject of that you had also mentioned briefly about like self-sabotage versus actually what is um, self-care and what is showing myself like respect and that I love myself and it's definitely not trying to be perceived as someone that has made it it's actually doing everything that it takes for you to actually feel secure and safe and um, and proud of yourself and how you spend your money and and you know and I think safe is like a big aspect of, of that you know yeah um, I think you you mentioned briefly in some of your videos and I sound like such a stalker because <laughs> I'm like <laughs> some of your videos <laughs> <laughs> but um, you were very open about uh, going to therapy as well, and mm -hmm. I'm I'm all about therapy. Like, don't get me started. I like you know, and I it's such a stigmatized thing. I think even now, like just the other day, someone was like, "Oh, this th this day or that day," and I was like, "Oh, I have therapy," and they were like, "Oh, physical therapy? Like, are you hurt?" And I was like, "Oh no, like like mental mental therapy." <laughs> And there was this huge, awkward silence. Like, I had made them extremely uncomfortable um, by speaking about it. So I think it helps way more people than we can realize to, like, actually say, yeah, I go to therapy and it's, like, not a big deal. It was actually really helpful. So how did therapy help you? And, and, and was it something that you specifically sought out to to grapple with, like, these insecurities so that you could stop shopping? Or, or how did you approach it? Yeah, um, for me with therapy, uh, well, my boyfriend, my partner, he's very open about that and was encouraging me to just like check it out for a long time. So when I started my like debt free journey and um, stopping, like, you know, minimizing my shopping and changing my relationship with that, uh, it was already sort of planted in my mind. It's like, okay, this is something that might be of, that should, will be of value. Um, and he always framed it for me like, everybody has everybody has shit everybody has something that they can talk to somebody about and um i just think it's so valuable because it's from um like a third person objective somebody who doesn't know you kind of has no stakes um and or no bias i guess towards what you're dealing with and what you want to talk about so just having that um just having a different perspective and a perspective that is so different from what I normally think about because I feel like I tend to be, I tend to lean on a very like all or none scale. Um, so, I mean, like I went all in into shopping and then I went all in into not shopping and um, debt repayment. And for a long time, I would struggle with like this overwhelming guilt whenever I did buy something or feel like I had a slip up. So for me, it just really helped me sort of navigate those thoughts and that really like polarizing um, kind of mindset with that. And now um, I find it's like super helpful to just sort of find that balance, find that like, when is it okay to shop? When is it okay to buy something for myself? Um, when is it okay to say yes, say no? So I think it's, uh, I think shopping is such an emotional thing for so many of us. There's so many deeper things tied to the stuff that we buy that um, I think just talking through it and just digging a little deeper behind the why and that motivation, I think therapy is an amazing avenue to do that. Yeah, I, 
first of all, yay to partners that encourage you <laughs> to go to therapy. I have like a super similar, I have a very similar story. I think one day, we, I, I don't think we were officially dating yet. And I casually said like, yeah, sometimes I think about therapy. And he was like, oh, that'd be great. He was super encouraging because he'd been through years of therapy himself. Um, and it make, it does make it easier. It's kind of like having an accountability buddy. So if you know anybody that is going to therapy, like that's the person that you should reach out to probably if you're thinking about it, cause they're going to understand and hold space for that. Um, totally. and also what you were talking about with, with shopping, it's super interesting because hearing you speak, like I didn't start going to therapy because of shopping, but everything that you just discussed are things that I've dealt with in therapy. And I think whatever problem you know everyone has or whatever their shit is like it's it's always a manifestation of what's actually going on inside us you know what i mean and we're going through go i think you're going to go through the same things in therapy which is like who am i you know what i mean it's like why am i why am i choosing this you know who told me that i had to wear fendi shoes for example i don't know uh to be Mm -hmm. cool or to be accepted or like who told me that i needed to work 80 hours and make this sum of money and be completely miserable in order to um pretend that i'm happy or whatever it is i think yeah uh i loved your response because i think it's it's just about what's lying underneath like that's always the problem um but anyway i'm going to shift uh because i (laughs) really i really want to talk about um the content that you post right now which is of course related to shopping and debt but you also found minimalism through your um through your journey of like, okay, how do I stop shopping? So can you, can you tell me how like that kind of came to be for you? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, yeah, I discovered minimalism sort of like halfway through, um, my debt repayment and, um, my like no spend challenges. Um, and when I discovered minimalism, it sort of came at the perfect time to be like, it was like the tool that I needed that was missing. So um, what I found, um, like on my channels right now, I'm talking a lot about doing like a no buy January. So not spending, only spending money on the necessities for January. Um, but a lot of what I noticed in myself and the feedback that I get from um, the community is that people are there's very much of a focus of like the the focus is still so much on the stuff it's so heavily weighted on like oh can i buy this i can't buy that that's not allowed but i really want this thing when am i okay to buy it so um there was still this like hyper fixation on the stuff so i was still feeling really unsettled in that so even though i wasn't shopping and like you know refraining from that fairly successfully my mind was still on it like all the time so <clears throat> Sorry. No, you're okay. I need to do, I need to do like a vocal training. Please teach me how to speak <laughs> so that my voice doesn't like I feel like acting would be so like helpful for that. <laughs> um you're doing great. Yeah. You're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so when I discovered minimalism, it was really about um a lot of people would talk about uh there's one YouTuber in particular, uh Ron Banks. Um he put out a video called Why How to Want Less. Um, and I felt like that was such a missing thing, um, that it was just the key that I think really sort of tied it all together for me. So, um, 
because when you want less, it's easier to not shop because you're you feel more settled and content with what you already have. Uh, you can delay that gratification. You can really think intentionally about it. Um, so for a while, I really got deep into minimalism um, and it really helped me when I needed it. Although I will say now, um, because I did talk about how I'm fairly like all, all or none. So I feel mm -hmm. like I took minimalism a little too far and it became something that was a little bit toxic for me. So now I kind of lean into calling it minimalist-ish. Um, where it's just like a, it feels a little bit more balanced for me now. So maybe my wardrobe isn't like a 30 piece minimalist capsule wardrobe that, you know, a lot of people think about when they search minimalism on Pinterest, but it's something that feels really settled and um, abundant to me now. So for me, it's not so much about achieve, it's not so much about pursuing the aesthetic of minimalism, but more like of the mindset and the focus on intentionality and contentment um, that it can help you find. So that's kind of where I'm at with minimalism now. Yeah, I you know I always found that really interesting that it was like minimalism ish because I think mm -hmm. it's also a more approachable like um, how can I stop being like wasteful and you know what I mean and how can I like you said like how can I stop wanting for things and just be grateful for what I already own that works for me and I think that that part is is particularly super interesting because um for me a lot of my shopping is like I have a perfectly great like I, black I'm just looking at the screen so like black hoodie you know and yeah one day it'll just occur to me that I need like the perfect black hoodie though. You know what I mean? So it becomes this yeah. mission. <laughs> it becomes this, but it gives me, it gives me like, like dopamine, you know what I mean? To like search it and to find it. And I think it's that, that whole, that whole thing is like this never ending search for the thing that's going to complete you. And I think when you were talking, you were talking about how it's so hard to stop shopping because then immediately it's like, Oh, but wait, I, I really do need that or I really do want that. And I think there's, you know, we're so used to looking for that thing that's going to complete complete us, whether it's like the new workout program that this person just came out with or like the new modified weights, because I think it looks differently for everybody, but there's the gadgets or there's the clothes or there's like the endless kitchen supplies or whatever, whatever it might be that's going to make your life perfect or um something like that and I think from I've never actually seen minimalism from that point of view I always thought that it was just like don't own anything you know be like the Buddha yeah. and just don't yeah. <laughs> have any desires and you've made minimalism to me at least because I've never seen anybody else speak about it like that like something just where it's like just more approachable like okay maybe it's just about what are my absolute favorite things and I don't need anything else. Like I'm already, this is already who I am, who I'm comfortable in. Like, um, mm -hmm. and I, I think that's a super helpful approach, much more helpful than perhaps anything else that you're going to read. Because I've, you know, just how you said that you took it too far. I, I find it really, this is probably shitty, but I find it really um, entertaining <laughs> to Google, <laughs> like people that talk about like how they took minimalism too far. Um, yeah. because it's always some version of a story of like, I got rid of absolutely everything and then I had to, uh, rebuy everything. And I'm not laughing because that's funny. I'm just laughing at a girl 
Then I saw her video and she she got rid of everything, including like her dining table and like, things yeah. like that. And and the video was hilarious to me, you know, because she's like, Why did I do that? That was stupid and, and she it's like it's like this it's almost like the guilt and the shame of all the things that we own. We're yeah. somehow going to eradicate it by getting rid of absolutely everything. Um, yeah. So can you talk about that? Like how you took it too far? And I promise, I promise I won't laugh at you. <laughs> I think that honestly, I think I got like almost addicted to decluttering after a while because the first time I did it, it was amazing. It feels so good. It feels just as good as like getting that package in the mail. So it was almost like replacing one thing with another. Um, and it brings beautiful, <laughs> beautiful clarity. You're so happy. You feel so accomplished. Um, so I think for a while I got really hung up on chasing that. So it would turn into like, um, oh, I have five white t-shirts, but really I could do with, I could get rid of like three more. I only need two. Um, and it became this like fixation on just like getting rid of shit versus a fixation on buying shit. So it's just, um, <laughs> so for me, uh, like decluttering is amazing and it's something that I still do regularly um, just to maintain like a clutter-free space and all of that stuff. But um, I think it's like kind of, what are you trying to get out of it? Is it, are you, like how you said, are you trying to punish yourself for previous bad spending? I feel overwhelmed by too much stuff. I can't believe I did this. Um, or are you now like pursuing this, like as it's in the same thing of like, oh, I, I just need that one more perfect hoodie to be, to have a perfect wardrobe. Now it's like, oh, I got to get rid of one more thing to have a perfect wardrobe. So um, I think it's really just thinking about what you want to get out of it. Um, to just keep it balanced and a little bit more helpful as opposed to you're still serving something. Um, otherwise, you know what I mean? It's yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I think, uh, when I messaged you, I was like, thanks to you, I've gotten rid of like 30% of my clothes, which I have. Yeah. And, and I think for me, letting go of clothes is like very difficult because every time in the past that I've tried to, uh, say my mom visits my apartment and is staying with me for a couple of days and she's like, what's that bag? And I'm like, oh, I'm getting rid of that. And she starts looking through it and she's like, oh my God, you're getting rid of this. And oh my God, you're getting rid of this. And then I'm like, ah, I guess mom, I, I still want it. it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it makes me feel so bad, you know, like almost like how dare I not want this thing that cost me X, X amount of dollars. And what I realized this time is that it's nobody else's business what you haven't worn in three to four years. And it's like, it's totally okay for you to say, okay, thank you. Like I used to wear you a lot in 2016 and I know that and I have amazing memories in, in you, but I like, you know, some of those memories also can get toxic. I think with clothing, at least for me, like I've gotten rid of things that every time I saw it hanging in my closet, it will remind me of someone that like at this point, I just don't want to think about, for example. Um, and I think, you know, Mary Kondo talks about that in her book, how like sometimes not getting rid of things can be more about holding on to a memory or holding on to a person or holding on to yeah. similar to like a fantasy self, like a past version of you. Like who were, who was I in 2016 that it's so hard for me to let go of, you know, you know, totally. Yeah. Um, so I think decluttering your closet, 
even if it, you know if you don't do it obsessively because i i definitely have gone to that obsessive point where like every time i'm in there i'm like huh what could i what could i do without uh yeah. but <laughs> but i think it can also be extremely helpful to kind of like as an exercise of well who am i now like who am i today you know like i i was this person this year and when i see that i know exactly who i was at that time but like right now who am i and i you know for all the capsule videos that exist because i also love watching those like i i feel like it's always again a little bit about the clothes and it's i think there's seasons in your life you know what i mean there might have been a time where like you hiked every morning and you know you were super into fitness or whatever and now it might be a different time in your life and i think what you're wearing constantly is is a huge reflection of that and decluttering actually allows you to see exactly who you are right now totally i love that how you talk about like seasons in your life and like what do i like who am i today and i think like like when we shop and when we even declutter it's like who do I want to be but it's um and I think it's like still this like pursuit of something external but it's like maybe I like the way everything it maybe I like everything the way it is right now you know what I mean um or maybe I do want to add this one other thing but it's not from a perspective of like more fantasy or more shooting it's just like no I want this and that's okay and I just think like I don't know talking about like these things can evolve just like letting them evolve naturally i think is um that's kind of where i'm at right now because like this past year i bought i got like super into like vintage levi's <laughs> i'm like <laughs> obsessed <laughs> um and i had just like a lot of fun with that and i'm like okay maybe this is like this is the seat this is my season um but you know in the past i would have felt really or actually when i was buying through all these things i just felt really guilty like i grappled with that a lot um but it's i think it's trying to find like when is that all okay when am i settled when am i happy with all of this um yeah i, mean, I don't know i don't know what i'm trying to say here maybe we want to cut that part out <laughs> I don't know. i'm i'm trailing <laughs> no you're fine you're fine you were were you talking about like the guilt of letting go or the guilt of of um the, for me, it was the guilt of bringing in i think um mm. Like I, I found because for the past like two years, I was really focused on saying no and getting rid of, and this year, um, and decluttering. So I decluttered like 60% of my closet and, you know, got like super minimalist for me because it's all relative, right? I think that's a very relative, um, sort of aim. Uh, and this year I sort of spent a lot of time building my wardrobe back up and I was, trying to do that now from a perspective of like what does my authentic self like what am i naturally gravitate toward or like what am i craving in my wardrobe right now um and how do i bring these things in guilt-free so that's sort of what i've been focusing on this year so just talking about seasons like you know there's a season of decluttering and a season of letting go there could be a season of bringing in but i think always just trying to do that from like a really healthy and gentle authentic place versus like just trying to always trying to chase something or trying to be somebody else or be a more perfective version yeah you know and i think it is tricky i think when um i was thinking of an example but that would be a little bit too dramatic uh 
you know, I think maybe there's a little bit of hesitation because at least for me, like for example, when I've paid off all my credit cards, I start really like if I want something or if I order something, I'm like, ooh, but I, you know, there's like this like kind of thing of like, am I going to go back to 11 grand in debt, you know, because I'm going to be reckless. And I think, I think it's okay for that fear to exist because you're human and also because you're very aware of, I don't want to be that version of me again. But I think at the same time, you're not that version of you. You're like a new, you're like a new Christina, you know, or a new Andrea. And how you're going to approach shopping now is with that, like with all, with that new mindset and that those new experiences yeah. and, you know, in that new season of your life. So I think it, it's interesting that, of course, it's still going to be difficult when you're like, oh, yeah, that was a little pricey, but, but wait, but I've been responsible, but everything's okay. Yeah. I, you know, I budgeted for this. It's totally fine. Um, and, you know, when you were, when you were speaking, I thought about something because, you know, part of the reason that I love YouTube is because the comments are so different than, say, Instagram. Like, it's not... It's not the same type of community. Like people actually go to YouTube to have a conversation or to like say something collaborative or like constructive. I'm obsessed. I love it. And yeah. I think, you know, there was one video that you posted again. Like I look like a total stalker. But Oh my god. <laughs> where it's you were like, yeah, no, I'm I'm a huge fan. <laughs> I I feel like every time I like slack off, I'm like, you post something and I'm like, okay, I'm motivated again. I'm doing this. <laughs> um, but I'm always fascinated by the comment section because just as much as people can be very supportive of what you're doing, I think there was one video where you were talking about, you know, kind of like being over it a little bit, like not wanting to be so restrictive with yourself. And, you know, and there was, I, I realized that a lot of people, you, you had like a lot of backlash and I... I, I was I was wondering, you know, because I just started the podcast and I, the part of me is like really terrified <laughs> of actually <laughs> posting it and like opening myself up to, yeah, to backlash because like you know people have never seen me do this, um, and you're so you're so candid and like honest about yourself and your journey online in a way that I I actually have never come across, which is why I, I watch your videos honestly. And, um, I guess my question is just like, how do you do that? <laughs> like, how do you, how do you, how do you just like, um, continue to, you know, because we're talking about like our authentic self, but I feel like you are very authentic on YouTube and it's really inspiring to watch no matter what you do and if you're a content creator or not. And, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm very curious to hear what you have to say about that. Uh, honestly, therapy helps a lot with that. <laughs> I know, what, I know what video you're talking about. Um, and, uh, yeah, I did get a lot of shit from that video in the sense of, um, I struggle with this because I think sometimes people might see me in a certain way. And then, um, if I, you know, I think, I think I wrote like the whole, when I started this journey, like I wanted to see a change. I wanted to stop being so, um, I wanted to stop being on those like polar extremes and stop punishing myself for being on those. And, um, one thing that I, that video, like the response to that video bothered me because I was sharing 
things that when I told, like, I was sharing things that I thought were okay and I felt authentically okay. And like I said, okay to myself, I felt comfortable with this. Um, so to see some people be upset about that, it made me question if what I thought was okay actually was for myself. You know what I mean? It, it made me second guess my comfort level and if I should be okay with this or not. But really at the end of the day, it's like looking back, like no I set out on a journey of change I wanted to be more kind to myself I wanted to be more gentle I wanted to see this change where yes I stopped shopping for a while and yes I do take shopping detoxes now because sometimes I still feel like I just want to take a break from those things but I think ultimately my goal was to find a t like just find that comfort and find that balance and um, I think at the end of the day you can't please everybody um, and I think also, sometimes people have a certain perception of how you are, and maybe that could be a little bit frozen in time. Like, it's almost like, um, you know, if you have like a family member and you're like, oh, wow, you're so big, but you're still like five years old in my head. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> um, I think it's a little bit like that. Um, and also, like, I think some people see some people see you only for a certain moment in time and then they might come back to you later and see a big change. But really, I think I've shared that evolution throughout the whole time. So, um, yeah, I don't know if it's super, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. Um, it could be jarring to some people, but I think like there's a continuum across that you go. And um, I think for me, I had to really just be like, this was something that was authentic to me. I felt good about it. And really that's what matters because I've been trying to get to this place for a long time. But, you know, I love, I love that because I think, you know, in my, in my experience, I think people get entitled to a certain version of you when you're in some way or a form, like, like a public something, whether, you know what I mean? Because in a way yeah. you are a public figure, you know what I mean? Like I, mm -hmm. I know, I know all these things about you because of your YouTube, you know? And in a, I think in a way people do similar to like a singer or something, you know what I mean? They come with an out with a new album and it's different to what they've usually done. And people are like, Oh, this sucks. And you know, I, I miss them writing about this and, and, you know, and I wish they would just go back to, because yeah. people found, people found comfort in that, in that version of you. And I think, um, I wanted to ask you, you know, and I wanted to talk about it because I think to anybody listening, like it's okay to give yourself permission to outgrow a version of yourself that other people are comfortable with. Um, and I think you're a very good example of that. And I'm, you know, I'm, I was also curious because I'm I'm trying to do that. You know, I, I think I, for a while now, I've been feeling like I don't like this image of myself that I've con continuously uh, created simply because it was like the thing that got mo the most validation. And yeah. I think it, it definitely takes a place of like, okay, well, I'm going to, to change and um, post differently or do this differently and, and some people are not going to like it. And I think ultimately it is, it's okay. I mean, it's probably is going to hurt to some extent. I'm sure that's you, you know, if you see backlash or whatever, it's not like, Oh, okay, great. Whatever. Let me just move on with my life. I mean, it still stings. Like you said, like it, you know, bothered you and, and it should because it's, it wasn't very nice, but 
I think as long as like you're at a place like you said where like it's like no it's taken me a really long time to be here and I'm actually really proud of the changes that I'm making in my life um mm -hmm. I think that's like yeah. all the permission that you or me or anybody else needs I think yeah and just like you'll just burn out otherwise you know um I think it's a, like especially when it comes to like posting content um I feel the most clear when I'm like most in tune with myself in terms of like um, what I'm posting, if like just being just really trying to get into like what am I authentically experiencing right now and sharing that. Um, and that's when posting feels really energizing as opposed to like chasing an algorithm. Like I know like maybe my minimalism videos did better on YouTube for a while, but I would I was burning out because I just wasn't as connected to that old version of minimalism anymore. Um, so it's just, yeah, like being authentic to yourself and just staying with that. I think that's always going to lead you to the best path. Yeah. And it's not going to feel like a burden, which I think is kind of like what, yeah. you're, what you're saying. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I want to shift into another question. Um, because I don't want to run out of time and not talk about it. So you mm -hmm. have mentioned detoxes and uh, and taking a break from shopping. And, you know, I also, through you, became acquainted or familiar with, um, like, doing no-buys. So can you talk a little bit about, like, what that is? Because it's, it's I mean, it sounds terrifying to me, <laughs> but it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm doing a no buy January right now. Um, so no buy is essentially, um, it's a challenge that you can do and it could be a day, a week, a month, a year long. Um, it's really all up to you, but it's essentially eliminating all, um, non-essential spending from your budget. So a lot of people will cut out things like clothing, makeup, skincare, takeout, alcohol, books, even, although, I mean, I love, I love books, like spend money on knowledge. <laughs> yeah. It's a good thing, but some people want to do that. Um, and, uh, so for me, I'm just doing it as just like a little bit of a detox and take a bit of a break. Um, mostly in an effort to just get more use out of what I already have, because I feel like for me this year, I spent, I had a lot of fun just like, you know, buying things when I wanted to, um, when it felt good to me, but, um, I think it is easy to get away from the actual using of those things that you are so excited to buy because it's so easy to get distracted by that next new and shiny thing. So for me, it's just a focus on, again, finding contentment with what we have. Um, but other people, it could be for saving money, a lot of financial goals tied to these things. So it's just a good little challenge to just hit reset, um, and and just I think spend more time with what you have yeah and so on that subject of like spending more time with what you have you you advocate a lot for like shopping your own closet so can you talk a little bit about a little bit can you talk a little <laughs> bit more about that and what that means or what that looks like just for anybody listening to get like ideas for themselves yeah it's um honestly it's super fun like I save a lot of inspiration photos um, on Instagram and on TikTok, Pinterest now. And um, 
for a lot of the times, I think it's easy to be like, oh, she's wearing this exact blazer from this place. I need that exact blazer to get this look. But a lot of the times, if you just like break down the outfit, it's, it's depending on your aesthetic, I guess. But for me, it's, you know, very classic, very basic. And it's like, okay, um, I love what she's doing. I love the way she or they um, sort of came up with that outfit. What do I have in my own wardrobe where I can recreate this? Um, and I think it's a lot of fun. And the key <clears throat> about shopping your closet for me is it really um, forces you to take action because I think, especially with shopping, it's, I mean, a lot of the times I'm like horizontal on the couch, I'm scrolling um, <clears throat> and, <clears throat> sorry. Um, and it's very, very passive. Uh, and I'm almost like craving to do something. So spending money is that thing that feels productive. Buying this thing feels productive. Um, but I think shopping your closet can shift that. I need to buy this thing to feel productive to I'm taking action <clears throat> and spending time with my own stuff uh, just to be to have some fun with it and be creative and use it the way we intended when we bought it. Yeah, no, I, I think that's like, that's a, that's a great idea. And I, you know, so with some of the things that I didn't know if I should get rid of, I tried wearing it for a day and I felt super like, why am I wearing this? <laughs> yeah. This is not, this is not me at all. I don't feel comfortable. I, I don't feel like myself. And that was a very clear tell of like, oh, okay. Yeah. No, I've either outgrown this or this was never me. And I think, um, what you're talking about 100% because you could recreate an outfit and even then realize like, you know what, her proportions are different. Like it doesn't work for me, but maybe if I wear like my cropped blazer or the jeans that are a little bit more high rise or whatever it is, you know, mm -hmm. for yourself, uh, like you can discover a lot by actually taking the time to just be in your own closet. And, and I, and I love that. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. It really, um, Honestly, the key for everything for me is like, is just like getting up and actually spending time with, with your clothes, with your stuff. Even if it's just like taking like 10 minutes to be like, oh, I'm going to use this blush that's been sitting here for so long that I haven't even opened yet. I'm going to try it out today. And it can feel like, I think like it gives you that same sort of reward that shopping does, uh, you know, without spending money. Yeah. I think I've been trying way more mindfully to, like even if I have nothing special to do that day, like to actually put in a little bit of effort into like my outfit, even if it's casual. And yeah. and it does make me happier. Like I know it sounds so trivial, but it makes me feel like ready for, I don't know what, totally. but just but ready. <laughs> um, yeah. So you have a lot of tips on like shopping your own closet, for example, but also on how to grapple with like that moment of, oh, I really, really want this, but it's like impulse shopping. Um, and I find it really um, amazing. I keep saying that. Oh, God, I sound like a total broken record, but, <laughs> but, but, oh I do. but I do. Uh, so can you talk a little bit more about like what you do when you're like, you know, getting that itch to just buy something super impulsively? Yeah. Um, and I experience this all the time still. So it's something that, you know, I think will be an ongoing like grapple, but, um, mm -hmm. yeah, I love to use wish lists. So I just like to, um, create some separation 
from the initial wanting of that thing to the spending of the money. Um, and I just put it on a wish list and just sleep on it at minimum, sleep on it, give yourself 24 hours. And by the time I like go back to that wish list, I'll have forgotten that I even put it on there in the first place. So for me, it really just helps create that distance. Um, and just sort of just allow myself to like kind of come down from that impulse feeling and that sort of sense of urgency that you can feel when you do see something like shiny that you really, really want. Yeah, I think that's great. Like when you, sometimes I put it in my cart and then I just, I'm like, okay, no, wait, I'm going to do something. And then it's like 10 hours later and I'm like, oh, right. That thing, <laughs> I just totally. left it in my yeah. cart, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. I also think like it's, you mentioned this too, where I think it's important to realize like, am I super stressed right now or am I super anxious or am I um, feeling something very intensely that like you said, I'm trying to escape from because I think that that's what shopping is for a lot of us. And I think the the wish list is such a cool uh, like little hack of like instantly putting it on there and being like, okay, let me just it's there similar to like buying it it's like okay well it's there now like I, I i'm very conscious that i want it um yeah and and kind of satiating that need to do something about it in that moment totally yeah i think like a lot of people um do the same thing that you mentioned they just add it to cart and then close the tab and it's like that made that satisfies that need to sort of do something without actually buying it yeah, and I was going to ask you, do you still find yourself scrolling sometimes, like, through things, even when oh, yeah. you, even on, like, your no-buy months? Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I've been really enamored with um, the brand Tibby lately, and I'm, like, on there regularly just, like, looking at things, and I know that there's a sale on, and... Um, I've added things to my cart and I'm like, okay, well, I, I, I can't do this right now. I, you know, made a promise to myself. And if I go back to that cart, I'm like, why, why did I add that? So I'm using that, my own technique there. So I definitely not like, you know, oh, I'm never shopping ever again. I'm so like, <laughs> I'm like this enlightened person. I'm not, it's, you know, it's techniques that I have to implement. Um, and sometimes things sneak through, but um, you know, for this month, I just really wanted to commit to, um, to not spending money on stuff, on stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I just, um, I just want to take a break from it for sure. No, I commend you for not purchasing things when you're browsing. I think that's where I go wrong, where it's like, if I start browsing, I'm like, Oh God, Oh God. You know, because then yeah. there's that thing that, you know, that's so shiny. And I just, I'm like, well, maybe I just, I can try it on and if it doesn't work, I'll return it. And I tell myself that, but then sometimes it actually comes and it's really nice. And then you're like, Oh, I don't want to return it. <laughs> so I think yeah, the problem, totally. yeah. <laughs> so the problem is like, you can't just, you, you just have to stop yourself from shopping. Um, or like yeah. actually purchasing it in any which way you can. And I think your tips are super helpful for that. I was just going to say, cause I have, I've, I've definitely done that. Um, but it's also like, thinking ahead to, I know that this box is going to come, I'm going to really like it, like, you know, and then I'm going to have to go through this internal struggle and dialogue of like, should I return it? Should I not? And then it just, uh, for me, just not doing it up front saves all of that energy, because it does take a lot of like brain and even emotion to 
to go past that. 100%. It's like, it's almost like the cost of the item isn't just what it costs you and your money. It's also yeah, like the time and energy you're putting into it. And then if it's like a 30 day return policy or it's like, it's like, are you suffering all those 30 days because you're like, should I wear it? Should I return it? Like, and then, yep. and then you're just adding, you know, a different kind of clutter into your life. Um, totally. I, I definitely do that. It's that's probably my biggest problem. Like the the shame of like, well, should I? Should I not? Should I not? And then I just spend so much time deliberating. Um, so, you know, you are debt free now, right? Yes. Yeah. Yay! Yes. Yay! Cute, <laughs> confetti. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. Thank you. I think for anybody listening that might be like oh yeah, well, I guess it's possible for her, but it's not possible for me type of thing. Like, what would you, what would you say to anyone that feels similar to how you felt, you know, like swimming in debt and just like, oh, I guess, you know, this is something that I'm going to live with for the rest of my life. Yeah, I think, um, it's really easy to feel hopeless and compare your journey to somebody else's. But I think the main thing is like, you you know, you if you want to be debt free or you have certain goals for yourself, like know that you deserve it, um, and you deserve to, you know, to reach that goal for yourself and become debt free or start building your wealth and like break the chain. Um, so you know, maybe your journey might take a little bit longer. I had a lot of, I'd say like. I've had, you know, a lot of privilege advantages on my own journey um, that helped me pay that off as fast as I could. Um, but I think just following your own path and just sticking to it, it's going to be hard. It's going to suck. It's going to take discipline. It'll be up and down for sure. But um, I think if you commit to it and see that light at the end of the tunnel, then you'll get there. Beautiful. That was so well said. Thank you. <laughs> So, uh, where I wish I had you for like five hours and I could do like five episodes, <laughs> but, but, um, we can do uh, a part two. <laughs> yeah, I would love that. Maybe we'll see, we'll see what questions people have after this one airs and then we'll, we'll come mm -hmm. back. Um, so I know where I can find you, <laughs> um, but tell us, uh, to, for everyone listening, that's, um, curious about you like what platforms are you on where do you post the most like where can people uh see your content yeah. and all that good stuff so uh you can find me on youtube at christina Michas. so that's c-h-r-i-s-t-i-n-a-m-y-c-h-a-s um i'm on instagram christina.mahas tiktok christina.mahas and i have a website minimalistish.com and i also have a weekly newsletter that goes out with a bunch of like tips on simple living, decluttering, and intentional spending. So that's all there, baby. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Would love to so, see you there. Yeah, so many resources. Well, I'm there, so I can vouch for you. I think I did <laughs> throughout this entire episode. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, no, I, I, think, I think you deserve it, and I think what you post is genuinely very helpful. Um, I'm not, you know, we didn't know each other, so I have, like, no ulterior motive to tell people to, to, <laughs> to look you up, other than I think I think it's really helpful. Um, but, yeah, thank you so much, Christina. It was, like, an absolute pleasure talking to you and having you on, and I really do hope we can do a part two. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Bye. Bye. Hey guys, me again. I just hope you guys enjoyed that and got as much out of it as I did. I actually wanted to give a little shout out to either Jen G1988 or Jeng1988 uh, for writing us our first written review, which made me really excited when I saw it. She wrote, love it. Love this podcast and what they talk about. Mental health in general doesn't get talked about enough. And I love the depth it goes in here with her guests. Thank you very much. I got so excited when I saw this because it's exactly what I'm trying to do here. And I guess I'm also asking anyone that's enjoying the podcast to rate us only a five. If not, don't rate me and <laughs> leave a comment. It really helps. And the other thing that really helps is that we made an email where you can write us your suggestions or topics of conversations that you want to hear or just anything really, any thoughts. Maybe one of your thoughts is something that I discuss in next week's episode. I have a bunch of stuff coming up already, but I would love your suggestions. I would love to know who you are and... I would love to be in communication with you. So I'm going to leave the email in the description and feel free to write us. All right, guys, I'll see you next week. And I hope you have a good one. Bye.